0: The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM
1: Welcome to another edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport Podcast I'm your host Jeremy McCarthy and you can follow me on my social media, Instagram and Twitter accounts at mccarthy 74 This week, pride of place goes to the Cork Senior Camogie team who head to Crow Park for an all Ireland final showdown with Galway We'll hear from Cork Captain Linda Collins and Manager Paddy Murray it's also a huge weekend for the Munster women's rugby team who take on Leinster in a winner-take-all interprovincial decider at Energia Park. Munster captain Sarah Quinn and head coach Matt Brown join the podcast to preview what should be an absorbing encounter. We'll also hear from Cork LGFA under-16 manager Dennis Mulvihill on his side's Munster Championship success and from Cork Camogie minor manager Jerry Wallace following Cork's All-Ireland minor defeat to Kilkenny. That's all to come on this week's Women in Sport podcast. I, I... All roads lead to Crow Park for the 2021 All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final on Sunday. Cork take on Galway in what should be an absolute cracker of a game. The Big Red Bench caught up with senior manager Pauly Murray and captain Linda Collins as Cork go in search of their first All-Ireland senior title in three years. Cork senior Camogie captain Linda Collins joins us here on the Big Red Bench ahead of the biggest match of the season, the All-Ireland senior Camogie final at Crow Park against Galway. It's coming up this weekend. Linda, simple one to start and a more straightforward one. Um, how have preparations gone? And for you personally, because you didn't start the semi-final, but you decided it. Obviously, no one's quite sure their place. The team hasn't been named at this point, but a lot of work and a lot of excitement and um, I suppose a lot of positivity heading into the final.
2: Yeah, definitely, I suppose. When you win a semi-final, it's great and everything, but you still have nothing won in in one sense, you know. You've no trophy or anything like that. So I suppose it's just trying to bring us back down now and realise that we need to kick on now in in two weeks' time. But it's a very exciting time and only a few people actually get to experience the lead-up to an All-Ireland Final. So it, it is exciting and tra- there's good, um, positive vibes and everything at training. So um, And a lot of the younger girls are really excited and
1: positive and everything else. So just looking forward to it now and training's going well. Apart from all the media requirements, obviously, that come with an All-Ireland Final, having to talk to the likes of myself, how different is it from every other week of the year you've experienced? You've, you've been experiencing big matches with Cork before, but... It does take a lot of i suppose the danger is that it can mentally it can be a bit draining
2: yeah i suppose that you would be conscious of that as well you don't want to be thinking about the match all all the time and yeah there is a lot of media requirements all right but you try and take them and not not think too much about them they're only part of the job as well but other than that you know it's the lead up to any other game and i suppose from experience you learn to just think of it as a match and everything like that there's no point in dwelling too much on it because you can't change it anyway. All you have to go out and do is perform. So you try not to think about it and distract yourself and then think about it once once you get closer to the game then.
1: Yeah, what struck me in that semi-final was even the younger players, like Saoirse McCarthy that opening point, flying up the wing and putting it over the bar. Am I right in saying a lot of the younger players that you've spoken about that are part of the panel, not just this year, but maybe last year as well, they seem settled and they seem ready for this. There's an eagerness and that's rubbing off on the players that have been there maybe a little bit longer.
2: Yeah, I think so, sure. I mean, the younger girls, they've no baggage or anything, they've no past histories, they've won minor All-Island finals, they know how to win games, you know, like, I mean, they have a lot of experience underage and stuff like that, so we're learning from them just as much as they're learning from us, so I suppose we're kind of bouncing off each other and the balance is kind of good at the moment, but yeah, I mean, so impressed with the girls' energy and everything and just fearless performance, so, like, just hoping that they'll be able to bring that again, but obviously... Galway are going to be a huge, tough, intense battle again. So that's going to—we're going to need to up it again if we want even be a chance to beating them.
1: Indeed, you are, and you mentioned Galway. I mean, obviously they are not—not not just from a Cork perspective. We're saying this; they are the favourites going into this. And the last meeting, the National League semi-final, um, back in June in Nolan Park, where they defeated Cork by two points after extra time—an absolute cracking game. I think it's fair to say everyone's expecting something similar this time around but from your own perspective Linda did you learn anything new that you didn't already know about Galway that day? I mean I know you ho- how highly you rate them but they, they are a team on a mission and they've got such depth such experience even on the bench that this is really going to be a tough task for you. Yeah
2: and I think that's huge for them you know they do have players on the bench that can come in and make an impact that girls that have played through years you know and even their starting 15 are so strong and, you know, the intensity they bring, they want to fight for every ball. They've lost last year now to Kilkenny in the league final and the uh, All-Ireland final. So, like, they're not coming up to Crow Park on Sunday to lose, you know, or to just be there. They they want to win, you know, and they're, they're coming off the back of two losses in two finals up in Crow Park, so just hoping that we'd be able to match their intensity and I suppose that day when we lost them by two points they we were able to get it to extra time but they kicked on again mm. in extra time so I suppose you know the it's never over until the final whistle blows uh,
1: Very true from the person who floated over the winning point in this epic All-Ireland semi-final win over Kilkenny um, before we ask about the final itself just I mean it's a huge honour Linda we've spoken before we spoke at the start of the season the very very start of the season I remember interviewing you the honour for you and for your club, Corsi Rovers, but especially for your family to be the car captain in the most difficult of years and now to be in an all Ireland final. I mean, this is not something you could have planned for.
2: No, and it's not. And I suppose, you know, in one sense, I'm just going about my job and training hard and working hard and everything else. You know, I suppose it is a huge honour for my club and, like, there's three girls on our club are from our club on the team this year as well. So it's just... It's just great to be able to represent such a great bunch of girls as well because, I mean, every single one of the girls on the team, we have such a good bond and things. So it's great to just be able to lead the out into pack, Um But yeah, hoping that we, we, we'll be able to go all the way now again the next day um, because we have put in a lot of hard work. But obviously huge task in front of us, but these girls. <laughs>
1: indeed and listen from everybody here on the big red bench we wish you Pauly Murray and uh, the Mac- backroom team yourself the captain and everybody on the panel all the best of luck hopefully we're talking next week again uh, with an all Ireland medal in your pocket
2: absolutely thank you so much Derek
1: now delighted to be joined by uh, a very busy man ahead of the All-Ireland Camogie final between Cork and Galway. It's Cork manager Paddy Murray joining us here on the big red bench. Paddy, a very simple question to start. How have preparations gone and how is the squad looking ahead of the biggest game uh, for some, for most for all of their careers?
3: Yeah, look, I suppose things have gone well, uh, quite well. Uh, you know, I suppose one or two injuries after the semi-finals. So they should be, after sorting themselves out, come, um, come match this. So, you know, just hoping that we are be picking from a fully fit squad.
1: You know the challenge that's in front of you, considering the epic game between the two of you at Nolan Park in the National League semi-finals this year, which went to extra time. Um, did you learn anything new that you didn't already know about Galway? Or is there anything from that particular game that you can use heading into the All-Earned Final?
3: No, not really. Uh, Look, uh, we played them a number of times over the last uh, uh, two or three years. Um, They're a phenomenally strong squad you just look at their bench. Uh, I think look at a bench, you know, it will indicate how strong they are when you have, you know, players like Anne Marie Starr, Tara Kinney, Roisin Black, uh, Neil McGrath, Rebecca Henley, Noreen Cohn, uh you know, all 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 on the bench, uh, that indicates what a strong team they they um they are. So, you know, look I've already said it, uh, we will be up against it. Uh we're a very, very young team. So um you know, um, we would have to play out of our skins to have any chance.
1: You had to play out of your skins to get over Kilkenny as well. And is that the best learning curve for a young player in a situation like that?
3: Yeah, look, I think they can take confidence from it. Um, You know, they've showed a lot of character. Sometimes players look for evidence uh, and it was there. So um, certainly um, they should be... um, Let's say uh, better prepared from that point of view. I suppose looking at it ourselves afterwards, there are certain areas that that game we were not happy about, that we would need a massive improvement in for the next day. And I suppose that's really what we're looking for is an improvement in those areas. Um, I, I, you know, we're saying to the players that you know it needs to be personal best that they need to achieve uh, to have any chance. So I suppose that's really what we're going after rather than anything else.
1: And you know that better than anybody that the, the small margins, the tiny margins at the very business end of a championship season are what decide tight games and it's going to be a tight game with Galway.
3: Oh, absolutely. Look, uh, you know, uh, it's the minute uh, things that, that, you know, if you do right, you have a chance. And uh, but I suppose, look, we're, we're going in uh, to this game, I suppose, the same way as so we went in against uh, Kilkenny and other games. we just concentrate on ourselves. As I said, team we are very young and uh, performance we're looking being down all the corner is a huge, huge loss and I suppose look, it's just trying to concentrate on ourselves and try to give some sort of a performance that will give us some sort of a, a chance you know
1: um, You've talked as well about the performance levels and performance levels just growing with each match this past season are you happy now that you're you're coming to exactly where you want the team to be in terms of being primed and being ready to give hopefully the best performance of the year?
3: I think we've improved with every game and um, you know, uh, we've developed the way nicely. A lot of the younger players are starting to, to improve. Um, you know, but, but I go back, we, we need to play out of our skin really to, to have a chance here. This is a very experienced Galva team. You know, I think you're five or six um, over thirty years of age, those girls might be looking at probably retiring, um as well. So there's extra incentive on their side to uh win this so um you know, so, like, it is going to be tough.
1: From a managerial point of view, Poddy, you've been through big matches, all Ireland finals, semi-finals. Does the process in the days leading up to a change? Do you try and keep the same routine, or is there anything new that you try to introduce now, especially with so many young players in the team?
3: I think you're crazy to introduce anything, to be honest. Um, you know, I suppose we will do nothing different, preparation will be the same. Um, you know and it's important from the players point of view that they don't change anything I think they know that uh, you know they know the process very well at this stage and that's what we would be centered in uh, really leading up to the game is that nothing changes
1: there's increased media coverage There's increased online presence Camogie is building every year And becoming more and more popular Something I know you're glad to see um, Does that intrusion though On social media And those type of things It wouldn't have been there recently Is that a concern Or are the players just Well able to block all that out And focus on the job
4: Well
3: I think they have to block it off I think it's important And you know I suppose I've never
5: I suppose stopped anyone uh, Really um. From doing interviews
3: or anything like that, I think look, if if the game needs exposure, well then it's up to us to to help that along, and uh, you know we we do our best to to uh, make ourselves available. It's not easy. We look, I suppose a two week. Um, Lead into an All earned semi-final or final is it makes life very difficult. We do whole jobs, believe it or not. So, you know, it's it's trying to cater for everyone. Probably three weeks is a better lead-in in that uh, you get a lot of things out of the way. The first week and the last two weeks you can
5: concentrate on, on your your build-up. So, it, it's not easy in an amateur game, really. You know.
1: And finally, Paddy, you've been in what is a goldfish bowl as a manager going into an All earned final before. Do you actually get to enjoy it? I know you'll enjoy it if you win it, but do you actually get to enjoy the experience or does all that come afterwards? Not really. Look, you're you're probably in a zone.
3: And, you know, it's important, I suppose, from a management point of view, that you don't, uh, um, I suppose, move out of that zone. And you know very little of what's going on outside it. So, um, look, it comes down if you win. Uh, you're happy, and if you don't, you don't, then look, you know, you've, I suppose I've experienced both. Um,
0: you just have to take an energy and move on. That's my view always, you know. The Big Red on! Saturday and Sunday from 6 pm.
1: Munster conclude their Vodafone interprovincial women's rugby campaign with a massive showdown against Leinster this weekend. The two provinces are undefeated heading into the winner take all matchup at Energia Park on Saturday evening. The Big Red Bench got Munster head coach Matt Brown's thoughts ahead of the big game, but first, here's Munster women's senior captain Sarah Quinn on her province's recent win over Connacht and what lies in store against Leinster. Now, it's a real thrill to be joined on the Women in Sport podcast here on Red FM's Big Red Bench by the Munster women's rugby captain Sarah Quinn. Sarah, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Really good and thanks for taking the time to talk to us. It has been a hectic couple of weeks to put it mildly uh, in the Vodafone Women's Interprovincials. You're coming off though a morale boosting and a well-deserved but hard-earned victory over Connacht. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just had a very hard-earned uh, victory there. A uh, very gritty performance but I think that will help us come into the week ahead. Have you found just that the momentum you were able to carry that from the Ulster victory, which was pretty comprehensive, and the fact that the Connacht game was tight for so long, it was 7 all for so long, that ye, your composure, I think, was the thing that shone through for me before you kicked for home in the final quarter?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I suppose we knew kind of what we Connacht were going to crowd at us. Uh, we expected a very tough, tough battle, and so mentally we had to prepare ourselves for that, and eventually it came. it came for us. <laughs>
1: It did indeed. And and, and in a very good way as well, uh, like with the try count as well and winning 31-7 is a fantastic victory over any time you get a victory like that over Connacht, I would imagine you've played them enough times in your career to know that you never get anything easy from them
4: no exactly you hit the nail in the head there um, it's always very very tough so yeah to put 31 points in them was was fantastic um, I don't think the scoreline really reflects the, the game as you said it was 7 all for a long time um, but yeah we dug deep and the holes came and the individuals that got the tries I thought they were, they were excellent tries um, and once we got the first one it kicked us on and we, got, we found that gear we were constantly talking yeah. about the gear and we just couldn't seem to shift into it and then in the last quarter off
1: we went Off you went indeed Um, I mentioned to your coach as well your head coach Matt Brown the fact that you got you know you got tries in the second half from replacements that came off the bench the likes of Aoife Doyle and Stephanie Noonan I mean clearly this is a very very strong panel is it the strongest squad that you've been involved in since you first you know made the Munster set up
4: um, yeah I would say so because there's just talent after talent after talent and I think after having such a long time off people are really eager to go and show themselves and just to enjoy it again you know hmm. um, but yeah absolutely especially outer backline. It's it's a tough call <laughs> it,
1: it certainly is and you need this is the thing it pushes you and it pushes everybody in those positions I would imagine absolutely. the training has become quite intense
4: yeah, it has. And to be fair, it's the younger girls. So the girls that have come up from under 18s, they're the ones that are really pushing us on, making us older ones having to stand <laughs> up and and especially myself. Um, it's great to see and it's fantastic. And for the older ones, we know like we don't have, well, some of us don't have very long left, but we know we're leaving the team
1: in, in good hands hang on now you're really doing yourself a discredit here because it's only last year you were you were named and deservedly so the Munster Women's Player of the Year I mean uh, you're doing you're right youth is certainly pushing Munster on this year and that's the way it always has been I think there's a few years left in yourself and a few of those other players yet
4: so anyway, I hope so. <laughs> I somehow overnight turned into being the oldest player in the squad. so I actually
1: don't know how it happened, but sure look. <laughs> Happens to all of us at some stage. Look, and experience is just as important as youth. Can I ask you, as a, as you know, as a rugby player and representing Munster, it's obviously a huge privilege for you and for your club, Uel Bohemians, and for your family, obviously as well. But. The fact that Vodafone have come in as a sponsor, the fact that TG Car are screening the interprovincial games live from a player's point of view, from a captain's point of view, how important is it for ye first of all, but also for the game as a whole?
4: Yeah, gee, it's absolutely massive. Um, you know, you kind of get a shock of me as a, as a captain, I have to do these interviews and <laughs> and then you realise the messages come in how many people are actually watching it um, and we're ever so grateful of the spon- of the sponsorship of Vodafone first of all but also for TG Catter for showing um, women in sport not just rugby in sport and they've been very very good in that sense they're they're showing a lot more of women in sport I'm hmm. um, really proud that we're kind of, me as an individual and obviously that the team that we're the first interventional team to be shown on television and like the game itself has come a long way, and it's great that there's a lot, a bigger audience that can see it.
1: Yes, and that shines through, uh, Sarah, not just when the internationals are on and not just when the interprovincials are on, but it's the younger girls that are watching you that would never have seen, you know, women representing rugby. Now they can see it, they can understand it, and they have something to aim for.
4: Yeah, exactly. And their role models are now women. They're not just, I want to be the CJ Standards, the Simon B- Zebos of rugby. They now can start saying they're the Nicole, Nicole
1: Cronin, Stephanie Noonans. I'll even throw my own name in there. Sir. Exactly, you <laughs> <should>. yes, yes. <laughs> um, You know, and that's absolutely brilliant. And I
4: know we had the campaign, can't be if they can't see. And it's mm. exactly that. Uh, if they see us, they'll want to be us and and hopefully drive the game on even more in years
1: to come. And this is the thing, I mean, you're competing with, you know, Camogie and G.A. in this particular county in Cork and certainly in Munster, there's lots of sports available for girls. But here's the thing, The, the Irish Times this morning had Leona McGuire, Katie Taylor and the Mead Ladies football team in the front page of their sports section. Things, it is, I would say, taking a long time for things to change, but it is changing.
4: Yeah. Absolutely, and it's brilliant to see it. And they're they're all legends in their own right. Um, Hopefully next week we'll be ourselves up there.
1: (laughs) And a nice segue into the final part there. Thank you very much for doing that because we have to talk about that final game, that showdown up in Dublin against Leinster. You've seen, obviously, what happened against Ulster, how many tries they ran in, the the performance that they put up or they put in. You don't need me to tell you that this is a really seriously talented side, but... Am I right in saying the momentum that has been be- gained by two bonus point victories gives Munster a really good fighting chance going up there?
4: Absolutely. Um like we we we've put in a lot a lot of effort, and the goal is to bring the cup home. Um, it's been missing for the last uh, well three years, but two seasons. Um, and our objective is to bring that cup home. We're going up there with no doubts in our minds, but we're also going up very much with our eyes open. So we know the challenge. This is going to be the toughest one yet, uh, but I think we're ready. I really do.
1: Well, on behalf of everybody here at Cork Street FM, the Big Red Bench, we wish you nothing but success and uh, hopefully next weekend we'll get to talk again and we'll be talking about a Vodafone Interprovincial Series Championship victory, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Okay, so Munster's Vodafone Women's Interprovincial Championship campaign continued apace with a hard-earned 31-7 defeat of Connacht last weekend ahead of a huge showdown with Leinster in Dublin this coming weekend. On the line now is Munster Women's Rugby Head Coach Matt Brown. Matt, first of all, well done on that result, but it was hard fought for almost an hour. You were leveled with Connacht before pulling away in the end.
0: Yeah, it was. Thanks, thanks very much, it was It was very tough now and we kind of expected it. And... Um, from a from a, a game plan point of view we'd kind of identified a few areas that we thought would get closed down for us and that happened, and they did it very well The probably disappointing thing for that hour is that we didn't we probably didn't really take on board the information and there was a couple of things we perhaps could have done better to exploit exploit the space that was left for us by boxing off the other space but look I think in the when we when we when we um got the substitutions on who were all very strong players they made a huge difference and, and they kind of capitalised on the back of some hard work done in the first hour and, and we probably pulled away in the end although I definitely don't think the scoreline is a true reflection of how tough that game was
1: That's a fair point about your second half replacements and also I, I think shows the strength of depth of your squad I mean Dervlin and Nick Avard, Aoife Doyle and Stephanie Noonan crossing the line for tries um, just when you needed them
0: Yeah they were, they were outstanding and, and uh, you know the, um Derv did the exact same against um uh, against Ulster. She just she's just such a, a strong individual. Um Aoife Doyle, i have only had a limited experience of her but she's got pace to burn. Uh, and then you've got Anna Anna K plus coming on, Stephanie who've been br- brilliant in the first game as well. It's just yeah, I mean it's great. To see. it gives you a lot of confidence now knowing that and the big thing is, you know, we try and explain to the girls we we've, we've got twelve rolling subs so there's a good chance we will be working on a rotation basis, so that we're, we get the freshest and biggest impact from the bench that we possibly can. So it worked out well this this time, anyway.
1: Yeah, talk to me about Clodagh O'Halloran. She was player of the match, but what a performance! What does she bring to this team?
0: Yeah, she's you know she's probably if you were to look at her, uh, she's probably on the very on the very slim side now for the for, for a forward, but um, her aggression and work rate's very high. She's also very quick. She's probably as quick as half the back line. so I think, it, to be honest, after a try which was was on the back of some good play, she gets a half break and go through. But there were probably two more occasions in that first half where I think she was grabbed by a jersey or something. But if she gets free from any distance, she just, you know, she's 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 probably going going the length of the pitch. On top of that, then just with the the what she offers in the line, because she is easy to get up. That um, you know she's a really good option for us. Um, so, and I suppose if I'm really going into it, then her, where she makes up for maybe a, a lack of size against some girls, her footwork going into contact just, just gets her right into a lot of trouble. So, yeah, she's a super player.
1: Your tackle count was very positive last weekend. Uh, your defence, especially for most part of an hour, bar one try, kept um, kept them at bay. Across all facets of play, I suppose, back-to-back bonus point wins. How happy are you now with your progress going into the big showdown with Leinster?
0: Um, I'm I'm certainly happy that we're actually in this position I suppose what what we need to do is really address, there were quite a few um, areas to work on from from that Connacht game uh, and that was highlighted more so than what what we saw in the Ulster game so look defensively front on, I have no problem with our tackling but our issue was some of the organisation and nominations around who should be going where and you know, I I sometimes have to check myself because I have to realise some of these girls, they've not had loads of rugby so you know, you can't be too hard, but we we do have to fix it as well because some of it's kind of fundamental to what we're trying to do in defence. Like, the try really was a particularly soft one and it was just a communication thing and people not knowing who they should go for and, and that's something that needs to get boxed off in training this week. So
1: Yes, indeed. Um, next weekend, uh, you face a Leinster side who defeated Ulster 57-12. 11, 11 tries, nine different scorers. So, it's yeah. fair to say the two teams... The bonus point victories, are heading to a showdown, which is probably what people thought at the outset would would occur. Your your knowledge and your respect of that Leinster side first, and how big a challenge is this for your team?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, I'm not overly familiar with everyone in the team, but there's a few names though, you know, who've been around the Irish setup for a long time, and um, super rugby players playing in Donnybrook and you know that they're, they're drawing from some of the bigger clubs in the women's AIL plus whatever contingent they've got down from Ireland so mm. look I mean you know they're probably they're probably big favourites going into this game but I suppose we just we're just working on our collective effort and and see how hard we can work and, and we're not sure to talent ourselves and um, but you know like we're, we're, we're certainly well aware of what we're going into so I think we're going to we're going to, there'll probably be a few key points that we'll pick on from the last two videos but really, the focus will just be on ourselves. What can we deliver? How, how, how many errors can we cut out the game? Uh, and look, if they um, if they give us a chance to run the ball, then you, you, you might see a bit of open rugby as well. So, uh, fingers crossed for that one.
1: Indeed. And just finally, Matt, I mean, obviously, this is where you want to be. Back-to-back bonus point wins. Still with things to work on in training this week. But heading into a match that will be screened live on television on TG Carr. Big sponsorship as well this year with Vodafone. This is exactly where you want to be as a coach and where Munster Women's Rugby wants to be in the public mainstream. Yeah,
0: oh, I completely agree there. It's been it's been massive and a great opportunity for the girls first and foremost. But I think it's really, the, you know, you think about all the young girls watching that and say, well, crack there's a pathway for me there. Um, you know, and, and, and rugby is a viable sporting option, and it, it's getting um, certain level of recognition, and hopefully that'll just help grow the game. And, and we've kind of said it to the girls that, you know, there's there's one facet of this whole interpro is you know you want to come together as a team, perform well, hopefully get the result, but it, it's so much more far-reaching than that. And if if we have any effect uh, by the way we play the game on, you know, younger girls coming through, then 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 that's been a massive win for for rugby in general, and especially monster rugby. So.
1: Indeed, it has. And listen, everybody here in Cork's Red FM and the Big Red Bench wish wish you Matt and your players all the best against uh, against Leinster in that Vodafone Women's Interprovincial Series decider. Uh, the very best of luck.
0: Thanks very much, Joe. Appreciate it. The Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from six p.m.
1: Cork rounded off a successful ladies football under-8 season by claiming the 2021 Munster LGFA Under 16A title in Malo last weekend. Dennis Mulvihill's side recorded a comprehensive victory over Kerry and the decider to add to the county's under-14 and minor provincial successes. It is with the utmost pleasure that we get the opportunity now to speak to the 2021 Munster LGFA under-16 champions winning manager. And that's a large mouthful to start a conversation, Dennis Mulvihill. But congratulations, Cork are the 2021 Munster under-16A champions. You defeated Kerry pretty comprehensively in the final. First of all, congratulations to you and to your players. Thanks, Mellinger. It's a, a nice feeling, I must admit. Yes, be, to again. Yes, and, and we need to talk, first of all, the performance. I mean, seven goals in a Munster final. You started like a train and you didn't let up. Leah Hogan, two goals. Anya Hallaghan, two goals. Idel Sheehan, Ava Curran and Kira Morrison also finding the net. This looked and sounded like a real team performance, though.
5: Yeah, look, i um, I suppose they knew it was more than likely going to be their last, uh, I suppose, for this year, you know, so they were geared up. And to be fair, they put in a lot of work there, so they were very well prepared as well for the game itself. And, look, they played extremely well on the day. Some of the movement and the transition of players from back to field to forward was was just one of those days when a lot of stuff went right. And, to be fair, look, they got the result for it. 7-11 was a a nice score. It was a nice um, haul for and deserved it for the work they
1: put in for the day, yeah. We can't let the occasion go, unfortunately, without referring back again to the fact that there is no All-Ireland semi-final or final at the moment, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen just yet. The disappointment we've spoken about on previous uh, Big Red Bench shows, but I don't think that took anything away from from the victory on the day, did Dennis. I mean, that was all-encompassing, and, and the culmination, that monster Championship victory was the culmination of a long time, and a lot of hard work eh, before and after COVID.
5: Yeah, look, I suppose it seems such a long time ago when we were um, talking to girls even pre-trials on Zoom and sending out work plans to as close as hundred people just so they would be prepared when we did get the trials that everyone got a fair chance to get a little bit of work done themselves at home before they came to trial and no no one was at a disadvantage. I mean, that was back in, oh God, it was probably October November. We were starting that sort of stuff. So it's um, it's a long road right up into um, September. Um, no, I mean, we'll be done in July. Do you know what I mean? So, but having said that, we were glad to have it. I mean, we did make up, I suppose, to the disappointment of having the All Ireland. I've kind of really done home probably in the last three, four weeks that the more it got closer to the Munster final, the chance it probably was not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, there didn't seem to be any backing down from uh, Co Park on that, which is unfortunate. But look, the girls were kind of well aware of that going into the game, that uh, 95% chance it wasn't going to be in here after that day. You know? So it kind of gave us a bit of focus as well.
1: Kind of fed into it then, Dennis, because it's obvious, like as I said, you started so well. This isn't a, this is a very, very good carry team that you beat, but you needed to put them away early.
5: Look, I we knew because we saw the team sheet on, I think just Friday night we got it, and we saw eight changes from the second round, so we knew something was going to happen. Uh, and it was very similar to the team that had played against Tip, there was only a goalkeeper change, and the 14 girl had um hurt her knee at her game. I knew that she was out long term, so we kind of knew what to expect as well at the same time. But we had held five back as well for more months of our second round. So we knew we had plenty in the tank if we played well to take them on. But they did come out us strong. They were much more physical this time around. Um, but our girls, to be fair, look, they're nothing but fit. And there's some superb athletes in the team this year, which, as you could see from the meat game yesterday, is the way the game is going here. You need speed. You need people there to cover both sides of the pitch to defend as a group and then break out fast as well and that's the way the game is going and thankfully for the last two years they're the sort of athletes we seem to be getting in Cork and hopefully they'll transition up uh, into minor made uh, nine up last week into minor from last year 16 team so hopefully we can do the same similar sort of numbers again this year and just push it on through and maybe make the senior team at some stage
1: Um, We talked about how difficult it was for the players, Dennis, but for you and your management team and the backroom team that you surrounded yourself with, um, it's been equally busy. I mean, it's been twice as busy, I would imagine, during COVID, trying to organise these things and make sure everybody was doing what they were supposed to be doing. But from a management team's point of view, a lot of satisfaction at the final whistle, I would imagine, the last day as well.
5: Absolutely. Look, um, there were seven of us there this year and each one of us had plenty of work to do. Uh, Chris was a pretty busy man with the COVID this year, he was a COVID supervisor. So like you're talking tracking thirty girls and seven management for every training session, to make sure all the tracking apps are done, logging them in case there's any contact tracing. Like there's a mountain of work that's done with it. But look, thankfully, we got through it all and we got through it very safely. Um that's we uh, we got the results at the end for Job always makes it work way.
1: What's next for this group, uh, Dennis, this group of players? I know you've mentioned a lot, a lot of them will be looking to go into the minor team next year and join up there. But um, how many of them might be back? And, and what's the future looking like for Cork under-16s? Um, we, we've
5: we always, myself and Miriam, um, would have been very much involved in this group the last few years. We've always, when we've done trials, always looked for the following year as well. Not so much at the behest of, we've always picked the best girls, but we never left the age. If there's a girl two years on, on, the, on the age, we always looked them. If they were better, we brought them in. And at worst case, an artist going to benefit them for the following year because they were going to be one of the stronger girls, more than you could the following year. We have 14 girls in the panel this year available to us again next year. And obviously there's 16 then we'll be, hopefully we'll be all going for minor trial We'll in coming in October, November. Um so it's not that far away to so an early into it here. Sure. It's only a few weeks to and they'll be back at it again after the finish of their clubs. Sure. Is, um... But I would, looking at it, there's some quality to come through again this year as there was last year. And I can see them making that minor team again as the younger girls in the panel but even making the starting team. There's some super athletes yeah.
1: And not alone that, but a lot of dual players as well. I think mean, was it seven you had this year? Maybe it was seven. seven, yeah, seven that you had to seven, to deal with yeah. this year. The fact that they've come through for both the Camogie and the football just shows the talent that you're talking about.
5: Yeah, and I think of that seven, I think it was possibly four or five or underage for the sixteen Camogie. In wow. The year. So there's another uh, draw, and there'll be another few girls who came close, or so and probably dual players will be in the mix next year again. Um so, but look, we, 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 it was difficult this year because it was so condensed and we were trying to share the same number of weeks we've got, we get back to normal structure next year. And there's a lot more time to spread and space out the games and, you know, allocate the girls different training days for camogie and different football. And look, hopefully it'll go back to the way it was and it, it worked smoothly the previous two years. It was difficult this year, you know, right? but, um, look, thankfully it didn't turn to over us too much in the end. Yeah.
1: Indeed, a difficult year as you said and that's pretty mildly but congratulations once again Dennis from everybody here in the big red bench we're delighted especially for this group because they don't have an all to look forward to that you finish the season on a high with a monster Championship after all the hard work he did so congratulations once again
5: Thanks Jer. and Ger on behalf of the 16s and the girls uh, the coverage has been superb the girls really like We have a uh, situation where we give the girls chat time before every training session just so they get everything off their minds in the day in school and all that. And then all the times they keep talking about the coverage and the Southern Star, the Echo and all the bits and pieces, the Red Bench. It has been great related to football last year. So we really
0: appreciate that. Thanks for having <laughs> Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie.
1: Corks Red FM. Cork were defeated by Kilkenny two twelve to 0 twelve in last weekend's Tesco All Ireland Minor Camogie final at the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick. It was a disappointing end to the season for manager Jerry Wallace and his players, but there was still much to admire and be proud of during Cork's 2021 Minor intercounty campaign. Now then, we're joined by the Cork Camogie Minor manager Jerry Wallace, whose side fell to Kilkenny two twelve to 0 twelve in the Tesco All-Ireland minor final uh, last weekend at the LIT Gaelic Grounds in Limerick. Um, obviously, Gerry, first of all, commiserations. There's disappointment after coming so close and after such a great year. Obviously, that dressing room was a disappointed one immediately afterwards.
6: A very much so, Um, But we were also very aware and the players were very aware that we were after um, being beaten on the evening by quite a good Kilkenny team. And I suppose there's great tradition between Cork and Kilkenny. And I'd say Kilkenny drew extra motivation from the defeat of their senior team the week before by our Cork senior team. They seem to be that bit sharp, more sharper in around the round of breaking ball and a little bit more, uh, you know, clinical in their, their, their passing movements. And um, on the evening, look, we, we, we gave it the best shot we could on the evening and we have no regrets. We're after having a fantastic year, John. Um, once they're champions... We moved through the groups there nicely and then we progressed on to the All-Ireland semi-final we had a tremendous battle with uh, Dublin, as everyone is aware, the week before. And I do think that maybe that had an effect on our girls because um, it, was, it was a huge win for 14 players against the Dublin team that was really eyeing making an All-Ireland final but yes we were very disappointed at the end of the evening but we got back to the McAllen household late on Sunday night that's Olivia's parents hosted us all after the game and the girls had a great evening a great old sing song and everyone was very happy made great friends and families were all very very happy afterwards even in defeat we were happy. Mm -hmm.
1: And and that's the thing, Jerry. It is sometimes very hard to, to, to get that message across. Obviously you're absolutely heartbroken and missing out on All Ireland. But considering what the players went through just to get before they even got onto a pitch to start training for, an, for a Monster, let alone All Ireland Championship, and considering all the roadblocks and considering the conditions as well the day you played Dublin, um you've been through just about as tough a run to the final as you could have you could have asked for.
6: Oh, we certainly were. Sure, we certainly were. And like I suppose Kilkenny on the other side would be saying would would be looking at it the same way if they were beaten as well. But I'm not a man for making excuses. So I'd like to look back now at what we achieved. I like to look back and try to look forward. I like to learn from maybe the mistakes we made in the run into this game. Um, you know, the turnover was very quick from last Saturday to last Sunday and then the placement of the game late into Sunday evening like it was a long long weekend to be waiting around for the game and maybe yeah in hindsight during the week we might have done a few things differently but like this is what this is all about as a coach you're learning at the top end of the game how you can improve and how you can make it better for next year and also then the players are also learning like we have I think it's maybe 12 what is it, 18 of the girls are now finished with the minor uh, inter-county and minor club scene after after this year. So we've lost that group of players last, sun, last Sunday night and now we move forward with a new group of players and hopefully the lessons that they learned on this past Sunday in the All-Ireland Final and in the campaign right through from Munster to the All-Ireland Series, they'll take that on board and it's up to them now to strive and make their their senior club teams their adult club team to make the top team in their clubs at come to level if they want to really compete at the top level because like we did meet a great Kilkenny team there last mm. evening
1: yeah you mentioned i mean I, I know you say you've lost them to senior but they're going up onto senior in the best possible shape having gone through a full campaign having learned so much and having lifted silverware and that's something i've written about recently Jerry, that not just yourselves, but this year in particular, under 16, minor, uh, and even at senior now, with a senior team in the all Ireland Final, Cork Camogie is in a very, very healthy state, and that's down to you and the coaches, not just at senior level from Pardy Murray's side, but from all the way down through the different groups. There's joined up thinking, I think, going on between the groups, which is great to see. Dual players are being accommodated, which is even fantastic to see. So it is hugely positive for Cork going into 2022 when hopefully we'll be back to a full, normal season again.
6: Very much so, Ger. And, like, if I never move out of what I'm doing right now, I'd be very happy. Mm. Because, like, we have an excellent, excellent programme in place. Like, Paddy Murray at the top end with his brother Kevin and his management team, they have a fantastic system working above there at the top level. Like, I'm very proud of what Michael Boland myself and other men and other women that have been involved over the past four years have achieved with the minors. It's fierce, proud to go to as a, as a as a Cork supporter next Sunday and to see nine minors that came from the 2018 group, 2019, uh, the 2000 and yes, 2018, 2019, they're on Pauly Murray's senior panel on Sunday. Like in the All-Ireland semi-final, I think three of the minors that were in came out of those two All-Ireland winning teams are playing on the senior team at this stage. So, yes, whereas we were disappointed to lose the all all final last Sunday, in my view, it, it's, it has to be put into the context of the overall development. So, hopefully, in a year's time or two years' time, we should have maybe five or six of the girls that are now leaving within the intermediate panel st- sphere next year with Mark McCarthy. Then we might have one or two of those girls touching in on the Polly Murray senior panel. And that's what this is all about. And then you come back to Dony below me, and Dony's group now that are leaving his age group should be coming into the minor panel of 2022. And I suppose that's why that's why at this moment in time, Corkamogi is very strong. Mm. And it was wonderful this year then as well, Joe. Ger- to be to be afforded the competitions at national level, not just the provincial levels, we were able to go beyond the provincial level and play in the national competition. So I, I suppose my heart went out also, and it was part of our motivation for the past uh, while since we moved into the All Ireland series, was our motivation was towards the girls, like the Kira Irwin, our captain of the Cork C- Under. A 2020 minor team that got affected by the pandemic when the, we got no competition played so we had a group of girls in there that didn't get the contest a Munster championship or an All-Ireland series this has been a bonus this year in a shortened season we've had a we've had a fabulous journey so we've had we've had great training sessions we kept large numbers of girls in the program early on 54 to 60 I think we kept them as long as we could and then we progressed into the Munster Championship, and then we got all the way to the All-Ireland Final. And, you know, as long as Cork Camogie is contesting on the, the, the last two Sundays of the year, the, either the All-Ireland semi-final and the finals at this level, at minor, that's that's a kudos. Because out of that, Camogie will remain strong within the county and the county level.
1: And I don't think there's a more positive note to end on. And with that, you've you've got me looking forward to 2022 already, Jerry. And that's the only way to be. Listen on behalf of everybody at Corks Red FM and the Big Red Bench, we are delighted to have spent the whole season on and off the pitch covering everything that you've you've done and you've achieved, and you have achieved a whole lot. And I think you and the players, despite the All around final loss, have a huge amount to be proud of. So listen, onwards and upwards in twenty twenty two.
6: Sure, once again I want to reiterate many thanks to Red FM and to yourself and to everyone that's giving us courage and co- uh, coverage in relation to the Camogie. and I just want to make one final thing and I forgot to mention it, we got wonderful support in defeat, even in defeat in the Gaelic rounds last evening from the Cork public, it was fantastic, after the game, before the game, during the game. We got fabulous, fabulous support from the Cork public and long may it continue and we would just like to acknowledge that and to thank everyone for their support and the promotion of the game of Camogie Young Cork.
1: That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rudy O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website, redfm.ie.
0: The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.